Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake. As always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the WXCI studios. we got a bit to talk about this week, and obviously we're going to open up with the thing that's pretty much on everybody's minds in Danbury right now is the sudden changing of Amesbury's suspension into being an indefinite suspension from the league entirely, um, as well as an on-the-spot rule change to not allow players that are suspended in other leagues to compete in really any way shape or form in the fed honestly it's it's been a crazy few days about it um you know to see that news come out um just scrolling through facebook one night seeing it come out and honestly i i was dumbfounded it it really kind of it didn't make sense it still doesn't make sense as i talk about it more and more um you know especially people have pointed out this guy's served like half of that suspension already and so then just kind of go on a dime flip it and make it indefinite now is is ridiculous you know and i i just overall um i don't know how much i can share given i am an employee of the team i don't i'm just gonna say i don't agree with the decision i don't know if i can go into why i don't agree with the decision but um for sure it's it's definitely you know it, it's ridiculous especially for what we're calling professional hockey you know that no professional league would do that i don't think uh matt i gotta get your thoughts on this it's difficult to see this happen for a number of reasons um you know when i started following this league it wasn't necessarily a place where uh, enforcers or tough guys kind of were really um there were some tough guys uh, tough customers in the early days. Jason McCrimmon, who won the Willie O'Ree Award from the NHL, he was a tough customer. Uh, guy by the name of Joe Pell, who played a few years ago for Danbury when Dave McIsaac was the coach. A tough customer. I wish uh, Danbury could have. Well, Danbury did see him uh, fighting guys like McCrimmon and, and, and other Danbury players through the years. Um, but when Daniel Amesbury came to uh, the Hattricks, it was certainly the weapon that we needed. Uh, the jolt, the, um, you know, the, in in the most simple terms of the type of player personnel that we needed in order to get to a championship level. And I think um, everybody saw the intensity he brought to the lineup. He scored a goal in the championship game. He scored a... Uh, a few goals all season. Uh, he was a guy who was active out there. Yeah, and we did have that edge and that advantage of having a guy who would step up to anybody in the league, and it worked out in our favor. And I think that anybody, um, you know, that saw Danbury uh, in the couple of years before that, we just didn't have that advantage. We didn't have that edge of having someone that at the drop of a hat was ready to fight and the drop of a hat um, was kind of ready to answer stuff. This is a this is a, a weekend professional hockey league 
of people looking to see a tough game and guys playing a tough brand of hockey. And to see a league kind of create a rule in the middle of the season that obviously shows so much bias. I mean, no matter what you, you break it down to, let's do a little history lesson here. It's like a, like a little, uh, you know, child's book. You know, in the early days of the Federal Hockey League, now I might not be 100%, but it was basically based out of that area, the Binghamton kind of area. And that press release, you could double check, Pat, was oh no, came out of Binghamton. Oh, no, it's burned in my brain. So the idea is the league has essentially always been based out of that area. When this league started, um, it was the... The, the Broome County Barons, who played at Chenango Ice Rink, which is a community rink. Um, I'm not exactly sure where it is, um, but in other words, this is just a small rink with wooden bleachers. Um, that operates up there and the idea is that Binghamton has always been a market that's been targeted by the league they probably wanted to set up a team around there in the event that the Binghamton AHL team left town and ultimately they did and the powers that be in the Federal Hockey League were able to swoop in and open up shop in Vision's Federal Credit Memorial Arena or whatever it is. Alphabet Soup Arena. Right, in, in Binghamton. It's a great arena and a great location. Yes. Um, they draw a lot of fans. They've been in business for three years. They do good business there. Um, they, have, they have great signage. They've got a pretty. Somebody said that it was a, an original logo. To me, it's the most one of the most unoriginal um, logos in the league. But they can have that. Yeah. Um, but they have a great game day set up. They have nice people working in the arena. Pat and I have met nice people that work for their team. But what they don't have is the FPHL championship. And what they're trying to do right now is stack the chips in their favor. Why? Because in the world of minor league independent sports, it's all about expansion fees, gaining money from new entrants into the league. If it's not there, it's just league dues, and league dues can vary. I mean, keeping people honest in these leagues, I'm probably sure, is, is incredibly hard. And the salary caps and all this other stuff, is it's a mess across this league. It's preventing teams from signing good players. It's uh, shrinking the rosters. But what's happening right now in Binghamton does seem to be a little fishy. But it's I can understand what it's related to. It's not related to even Daniel Amesbury. It's related to expansion fees. If Binghamton can prove that they are making money and they're successful in the Federal Hockey League in that building where there are over 4,400 people, 4,500 people come to games, 
that's going to spread to other rinks throughout the Northeast, that they can do it in a big rink. If you look at the last two champions of the Federal Hockey League, it's two teams that play in what are essentially community rinks, the Danbury Hattricks and the Watertown Wolves. They're both, you know, uh, the Danbury may have slightly more seating capacity than Watertown, but it's essentially a rink where the, the community uses for various uh, hockey programs and opportunities. So ultimately, yeah, I, I, I think that there's something really fishy here. You know, uh, I don't I don't think it was fair or right that this rule was just kind of decided in the middle of the season. He was midway through a suspension. He should have been able to serve the suspension, serve the suspension and come back. And that just doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, I'm appalled. The league just looks so soft. Um, I'm sorry about um, the people that have sustained injuries. It's a very, very uh, dangerous sport. This is a rough and tumble league. Um, maybe some of these guys that are out there shouldn't even be out there. I don't know. But the ultimately, I just think that um, there's a lot of disadvantage kind of being sent Danbury's way. And um, I just don't think this was fair. You suspended a guy who's in the middle of suspension. Uh, I understand that he made some comments on a podcast. What what does that amount to? You know, it wasn't like he put a bounty on somebody's head. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. But, you know, the idea is we've got to get past it. Um, we think we need the fans uh, to not only uh, unite online like they have, but we need them to rally at games too. Uh, there's got to be a message sent. Hopefully we can keep uh, Daniel Amesbury somehow eligible for hockey. Interesting rule. Um, there there are these agreements uh, throughout different leagues who um, declare players ineligible. Right now it looks like um, one or two other leagues will declare Amesbury ineligible. I don't know. It usually happens uh, when when something like this happens in one league. Uh, there's not, nothing official on that yet, but you, you never know. But um, the FPHL is outside the IIHF, and there's only a few leagues in the world that really operate outside of um, that governing body. Um, so it's not like there's a... a a, a governing body of hockey we could appeal to and try and get Amesbury back on you know grounds that we appealed to a uh, uh, you know overpower you know you know kind of a, a international organization uh, to have examine his eligibility a sanctioning body um, so that that's my take on it this is just terrible and Daniel Amesbury's been one of the most accommodating players we've ever had with Hattrick City. Um, he's supported our show. Um, he's been on a few times. And uh, I, I'm personally shocked, and I really think that the, the league representatives really need to do more than just issue a statement. Um, there's got to be some more transparency on, as to why this was brought down because it just seems so arbitrary, especially if it's based on what something said on a podcast. It's ridiculous.
But that's that's my take on everything. I think it's disgusting, and I think the fans uh, need to have their voices heard. Yeah, and I agree with the same thing. And then obviously, you know, speaking again on Binghamton, uh, we played them here in Danbury last weekend, uh, split the series there, got an electric, uh, I believe, 5-4 to four win in a shootout, um, who of which the game winner was scored by today's guest, Corey Cunningham. Um, again, big game to watch. Um, really nice to see the boys kind of just come back from being down – three nothing almost seemingly within the first five minutes and then to just really crawl our way back in tie it up score another goal have that one tied but then just carry through the shootout and the overtime was was great I mean I know the boys probably don't like get into that situation often they rather just win the game straight out but I know for the fans they they love that it's it's putting them on the edge of their seats for some good hockey and you know unfortunately Saturday night couldn't duplicate that but again you know sometimes it's it's that's rough on you to to do a night like that and then come back and try and do the same thing um really I just hope that the boys going into this weekend in Binghamton just have their heads together have them kind of straight just ready to go into this Binghamton crowd because again like you said former AHL barn obviously the fans in there they're they're rowdy as they can be um, you know, in that arena to try and to throw us off our game in any way, shape, or form. Um, so it, it's it's going to be an interesting weekend. Um, any thoughts on next weekend? Listen, regardless of the controversy that's now kind of uh, come out regarding uh, Daniel Amesbury and this absolutely ridiculous suspension, it was some great hockey between these two teams last weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Um, it was a back-and-forth battle um, for – hold on. Can we cut that out? Yeah. You're good. It was a really hard-fought battle between these two teams. And, you know, Danbury gets the edge Friday night, and then uh, Binghamton kind of answers back on Saturday. But, I, I, again, I, I really don't think that this season starts uh, until the playoffs do. And in those in those rounds, anything can happen. And I really do think that um, you know Danbury's still going to have a loud building. You might have taken the Bullhorns away, but everybody still feels like reigning champions in there. Even though um, it's been ups and downs this season so far, we're still a major player in this division, and it's really going to be hard for anybody to step up and beat us uh, once we get rolling. So I, I think Danbury just needs to keep looking ahead. Uh, to what we have to do. It was really great to see some of the continuity start to happen and and, and some of the newer players start to contribute uh, with much more poise. So I hope it rolls into next weekend, this weekend. And with that being said, stay tuned for our interview with Corey Cunningham. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Hattrick City, we got rookie forward Corey Cunningham on the show. Corey, how are you doing today? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, you know, to get things started, kind of, where do you hail from? I come from Prince George, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, long trek here. Uh, beautiful, beautiful country land where I'm from, and just the same down here, just with all the, all the mountains. I got you. And then, obviously, you know, I guess, where did it all kind of begin for you for playing hockey? Yeah, I started young. Parents got me on skates right away. 
I uh, learned so much from my dad, watching TV with him every night, uh, all the different games and stuff. And as the years went on, it got more and more serious. And I find myself here now having fun, and it's a blast. You know what? Even though, um, not to give any hockey fighting tournament any props, but this kid's actually got a tiny little bit of connection to Danbury even before because that's Prince George was where that original Battle of the Enforcers took place at the rink. Oh, yeah, that's movie? Right. No, the real thing. Oh. Like, there was a real... That was based off a real thing. It oh. really happened. Look, ba the, the Battle of the Hockey Enforcers, known as Hockey Enforcers Plot... You know the guys knew that was a real yeah. thing, right? I knew, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was probably the year you were born, dude. August 2005. But, uh, yeah, like, it really happened at the huh. rink there. So that's, that, that's funny. Who knew that? Like, there's a little bit of tenacity and toughness so what what's it like back home you know bc we've in this league we've seen tons of guys come from bc they're always good guys well what's it like back home uh it's, it's chilly yeah <coughs> chilly up north uh, a lot of the jobs are trades people working at the at the sawmill uh it's cold <laughs> it's are you very, a dude that likes cold. to be out in the snow you like to snowboard or anything I, nah i like the outdoors i uh i'm not a skier or a snowboarder that's well known where where <laughs> i'm from though huge mountains and everything but yeah, i don't yeah. do that Try you to never stay got away. into it huh got into skiing a little bit but guys you talk talk about getting hurt and stuff no, and, yeah yeah no, i was always careful and it's the same time that you're playing hockey at the same time right so I tried it one time and I really almost hurt myself bad. I was like, ah, I don't want to miss like any hockey yeah, over this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, so um, were you a Canucks fan growing up? Or what was your story? Uh, San Jose fan. Wow, yeah, interesting. Yeah. What's the what's the connection there? A player? So growing up, my dad liked Detroit. Uh -huh. um, when I was very little, the first team that they were playing was San Jose on the on the TV when I was watching, and whenever they competed, it was. 2006 or seven or something it was, it was when patty marlowe and jumbo joe or maybe a bit later then patty marlowe jumbo joe versus prime datsuk and cronwall and zetterberg san jose always held them off they always they always won so i wanted to go against my dad's team being a little shit i am kind of thing so i enjoyed watching san jose because they would always hold De detroit to one or two goals and they'd still win the game kind of let me let me ask you something um you know, what we do see some kids in this area, northeast, probably but different parts of the country that do end up in the Brit British Columbia Hockey League. What was your path there like? Were you considering school or other juniors? How do you get to that level? Growing up, I was a strictly only thing that I knew about was the WHL. Uh -huh. I had no idea that there's like the NCAA route, Division One. You get extra years to play hockey to develop and kind of let your body grow a bit more before you go to the major level so first thought was oh i'm gonna go to the whl i go to my camp in vancouver they listed me as a prospect whatever 50th on their list wow and then um i go to camp they caught me right away and the junior coach in prince george fortunately where i'm from reached out to me and said hey like if you get cut from the dub we'd love to see you in a couple preseason games as a 16 year old for us we're thinking about taking two this year so i went did the preseason games one was at home and the other one was against a uh, alberta junior hockey league team and I, I did fairly well fortunate enough to take me as a 16 year old in my hometown wow yeah i'm there for uh, four years and then i went to trail my fifth year what's 
Prince George like in terms like how far is it from again most people listening probably really only know Vancouver or Victoria like how far is it from those places it, it's straight up from Vancouver eight and a half hours wow. straight north wow yeah. wow so we, we get all the cold weather, all the snow. Vancouver just kind of gets all the rain. So what's the culture around that? That What's the name of the team? What's the culture around it? Like, you have a lot of fans? Uh, the, the Cougars, the dub team, so that was a nice thing. That was a dub, there. yeah. Yeah, the Cougars, they got good fans when they were good. And the Spruce Kings got good fans when they were good. <laughs> so it was like a competition thing. More, so, more or less, the, the WHL guys would all sell out kind of thing if they were good. Like right now, they're they're doing very well back home, so they're they're packing the seats. When Bedard was there, uh, like coming into town, I would always pack the barn. Yeah. But when Spruce Kings were good, which actually didn't really happen until uh, my second year, we we won the chip together. Wow. That was pretty cool. We sold out every building, and uh, standing room only. We won in front of a twenty-five hundred people sold out crowd wow but it just seemed like it was just like ten thousand people just <laughs> a little tiny barn absolutely packed how um just in terms of your own um competition level and stuff what brought you like then to to go to college hockey in the states uh i was fortunate to get a scholarship right away to merrimack really yeah uh, i was um coach gave me a full ride assistant coach there Fortunately, passed away, uh, unknown circumstances, but the guy that kind of believed in me going there, you know, fortunately left us, and the other two guys, they didn't believe in me as much as he per se did, so I uh, I left there and joined Geneseo for a semester, and then I didn't like it as well, <laughs> so I was trying to go to Sweden, and my visa never came through, so I ended up here, and I'm having a blast. Geneseo, kind of a good school too, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Awesome school. Yeah. What what made you leave was just the ice time or the setup for a college guy. What what, what was it? You know, we, we see we see a lot. You wouldn't be the first guy that came to this league like in the middle of a college season. I mean, I'm just thinking recently Bryce French, right? Like in yeah. the middle of the season, just showed up here. What what for you? What was it like? The is it the school you didn't want to do or? There's a couple different things. So the living situation there and everything on and off the ice is amazing. Like I can't thank those guys enough they were great it was just a lot of money for me and my family going out of their way to pay twelve thousand u.s dollars uh a semester yeah it's a lot of money for me and my family back home for me to get a degree which i don't per se i need in in life because my dad's got a little business back home and he's kind of teaching me the ropes i don't really need the degree to kind of help take over his business I think I got in that year of schooling, I learned a lot about the, the whole business aspect about things, but I didn't think another $80,000 over three more years costing them money would help the business any more than me just joining it whenever I'm done having fun playing hockey. I don't know why this keeps coming up on the show, Pat, but like we've actually spoke to... Um who was here recently? Connor McComb, right? Yeah. Who he, he played like hockey in a Canadian college. Did you ever think about going that route? Would that have been a little more cost effective or what any interest in it? I had a couple buddies reach out when I was just kind of looking for teams and stuff. Um just never really caught my eye as yeah, much huh? as a, as America. And I wanted to start my pro scene as quick as I can. Just rushed it almost, but so you played one semester last year with SUNY Geneseo, and then you ended up here in Danbury. T take us through that, kind of the bridge us through those two times. You know? Okay. So I started in Merrimack. I was there in July. Uh, 
coach was still with us at that time. Was there for for the whole semester, the first semester from July in the summertime all the way down to December. And then in December, I decided to go to Geneseo. Went there between January and the end of school year and uh, just decided, hey, you know, this isn't for me. I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying going going to the rink as much as I used to. I need to find this passion back for the game or it's going to be done for me. And that that's what's most important to me is having fun, being with the guys that I love, being with my brothers, and uh, creating that family aspect. And that's really cool. And that's, that's what I think I have here for sure. So tell me, did you say, like, where was your first stop this time? Did you go to SP camp? Did you come to camp here? How did it work? I was just filing for my visa. <laughs> visa never came back. Family friend back home just said, you know, go have fun. Yeah. I know this Billy guy is going to give you a shot. You go have fun. I know you're going to make the most of it. Go have fun. Yeah, that's great. So you just came straight here. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So take us through, you know, like your first, and I know you spent some time with Geneseo, but now you're pretty much alone, like an adult, right? You're, you're, you're on your own over here in Danbury. What's it? What's it been like being this far from your family and stuff? It's hard. I've yeah. done it before. Yeah. Um, I try to talk to my family as much as I can, especially my grandma. My grandma will get really mad if I don't call her a lot. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, having that connection with my family over the years where we've, we've just grown stronger and stronger, just being away from each other and makes it even better when I come back home for the holidays or, or for the summer. Yeah, and, um, you know, I can only imagine just that, that distance, but... I do want to ask, you know, in Danbury, kind of, what was the the, the vibe you kind of caught from your first game in that barn? Our barn in Danbury. Yeah. All oh, the fans are amazing. Everybody's cheering, chanting, all these different things. Some people want you to fight. Some people want you to score. <laughs> uh, just so many just mixed emotions, just taking everything all in, and just the the horn when we score. And the fans chanting to the end of the game when we're spinning a barrel on the ice. It's just a crazy experience. I love I love my first game here. Good. I mean, I was gonna say that that's there's so many traditions just wrapped up in that. I mean, you know, has has there been any fans that have come up to you since and kind of been like, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah, th- there's a couple that have gone out of their way to kind of introduce themselves and and come meet me, and I think that's very cool. I haven't had that in a since since probably junior hockey. When, uh, yeah, yeah. Fans and stuff, but yeah. So how would you compare it to? those um those spruce games i know you said you packed them out in that second year i mean how would you compare this barn to over there pretty close to the same well dif- different arena structure okay uh, it'd be, it was like a full bowl back home and yep. it was only like five rows high like it's very very small but you everybody's looking at you from all these different angles which is cool Danbury is just behind the bench there's fans just standing up just like some of them throw shit <laughs> um <laughs> All just rioting, oh, it's it's a blast. You get the section 102, they go nuts. 102? Yeah, like 102. Yeah, yeah those, those guys are Screaming and hollering, different chirps. Is there, like, senior hockey back home where you're from? No. No. So, no. like, is the junior hockey atmosphere like this or no? Not as intense, no. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> what did you think of the game on Friday night? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. That's amazing. It was one of the most Danbury nights I ever had there. I was at the game by myself, and I I met up, kind of walked around the first period, and then I met up with TK, and uh, TK, um, we were putting him back over there in TK's corner, and we're just slowly, 
like watching this masterpiece comeback uh, take shape. You know what I mean? And it was it was really cool. And I, I venture to say that was probably probably the best game I, I ever saw in there. Best regular season game. Just the the drama of that comeback, the fans' response to it, probably everything going on in the background. It was really an amazing comeback. Yeah, it was very cool. I I don't think I've I've sallied on a shootout winner, but I was trying to get the fans right into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of these. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It was amazing. Yeah, I and I've been seeing a lot more of that here recently. You know, these overtime games, these big shootout games. I mean. How does that feel for you guys? I know you guys kind of obviously don't want to get into that situation, but when you are in the thick of it, you know, what's going through your head? Oh, uh, just, just trusting my teammates, knowing that the guy next to me is going to do his job. Uh, whether Connor Woolley puts in the, the game-winning goal or not, I'm still going to love him at the end of the day. Exactly. But going in, like, I know those guys that we pick in the shootout or, or overtime, whoever coach puts out, like I believe in them to get the job done as much as the next guy on the bench or whoever's going out next. Yeah, and you know, next weekend you guys are gonna go into Binghamton. Um what's kinda your vibe with that place? I know that place can get pretty loud as well. I mean, what's your experiences like then there? Yeah, I don't like the fans there. <laughs> I'm sure Bingo would say the same thing about our fans. They they haze and they get in your grill pretty good. Coach, uh, or not coach, but uh, fans behind the bench yelling at coach. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I love it, but it's, it's a lot to take in for sure. Having stood on the bench, like I, I think that the Binghamton fans <laughs> don't, I mean, there's might not be the tenacity in the Binghamton crowd that there is here in Danbury, but, like, yeah, the Binghamton fans, they get at it behind us. I mean, I've stood on the bench in Binghamton a few times, and I've I've been in the semifinals uh, on the bench, uh, well, the quarterfinals, whatever that was. Yeah, semifinals. I was going to say, you know, that was, um, that was a conference final. Yeah, conference technically. finals, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just like, you know, they're saying messed up stuff to us, too. At the end of the day, it's all good fun. I, listen, I respect some of those people, but I don't really respect um, kind of stuff that uh, came out of Binghamton recently, and we're going to talk we talked more about it at the top of the show. But um, essentially, what what are you guys thinking about this weekend? You're going back to Binghamton. We won the game Friday night, Saturday night. We just weren't there. What's the mental? What was the what was the message this week in practice? Just kind of get back to our game. Uh, we we found our stride pretty good. We're on a five game heater there. Obviously lost on Saturday, but I think we're we're really coming together as a team. And, and Gonzo, I remember was saying it like it's fun to see. Like he he sees us coming together like he saw the team coming together last year, and that was pretty cool when he said that to me. I uh, I really think this team's shaping up, and I think we can beat anybody in this league. And it's just gonna take all of our guys every night and. Uh, yeah yeah and i've been saying the same thing for a little bit now that you guys have been gelling more as of late and you know that that five game streak really kind of proved you know those thoughts and honestly i i've I've honestly never been happier with this group you know you guys just really getting into i know the beginning a lot of shifts were happening a lot of people going up going back then maybe going somewhere else and doing their own thing but it's nice to see now. I think this is going to be the solid lineup for the rest of the year, and so it's nice to see these guys really just gel and merge and have their own kind of thing going. What's it been like having Kyle Gonzalez on the bench? He's obviously been uh, kind of out of action uh, a little bit recently, and now he's serving in more of a coaching role, uh, if some people may or may not have noticed. 
Yeah, he's he's been a very positive mentor to to me. I'd say more than some of the guys on the team. Uh, I look at that guy like he's a, like he's a father figure almost. He's been he's been wicked in the room, nothing but positive, and uh, he's just trying his best to set us up set us up for success and hoping that uh, he can come back in that same time when we're just peaking, which is which is really cool. But that coaching role that he's filling. He's, he's doing an amazing job at it. And I see he's excited about it. He's taken over um, kind of a new leaf. And if you're interested in doing some coaching yourself or being coached by Kyle Gonzalez, on Wednesday nights there's an E-League at Danbury Arena for adults that is just beginning to play hockey. Tonight I'm going to run down there. It starts at 9.15. Uh, it's a weekly session uh, with some of the Hat Tricks players and a bunch of adults learning how to play hockey. Uh, me and a few of the other guys also have our group. Uh, we started to call it the Top Hat Hockey Club, and we're hosting exhibition games uh, of players who kind of just began playing or at the lower, we don't want to say lower, novice and beginner levels yeah, yeah. of adult uh, hockey. So uh, keep in touch with both of us, Kyle and the E-League on Wednesday nights, and myself, uh, we have the Top Hat Hockey Club. But we're here with Corey Cunningham, and we wanted to ask you, what is your like, what is your favorite thing to eat back home that you can't eat here, here in the states? Oh, it's a tough one. I think uh, West Coast salmon is very, very, very good. Uh, fresh sushi, obviously not in Prince George, um, but in Vancouver, you can get some of the best sushi in the world. I know Yowzer can uh, oh, yeah. second that. Uh, I don't know if Z, Z's went there to Vancouver or not. I think he did, but I think he said that uh, the sushi was just unbeatable. The portion size, just how fresh it is. So I, I'd say I'd say the the fresh salmon sushi. Yeah. I would say it's a really interesting city, um, Vancouver. Super interesting place. Like um, I think the sushi is so good, in part a lot of fishing and whatnot. And the, but there's also the um, there's a heavy concentration of Asian people in the area that know how to, you know, prepare it uh, in the traditional sense, um, and there's uh, direct flights um, from Vancouver, I believe, to China and Japan and and uh, Korea, uh, so um, it is a a really great place to go if you want to eat. Absolutely. And there, there's the Canadian fare too. Like there's, I wouldn't say you know again I haven't had poutine all over Canada, but I had a good bowl of poutine in uh, British, uh, British Columbia ones for sure. Um, what do you like to eat around here? Is there anything you're into? In, in, in the U.S., you guys got the Chipotle. Oh, wow. You guys don't have it, we huh? Don't, we don't have a Chipotle back Wow. Home. Wow. In Vancouver, there's there's two, I believe, and then there's two or something in Toronto. There's only four locations in all of Canada. Now, you figure this is something that, like, the average person could have said, hey, let's just start the Canadian version of it, call it, you know, Amigos or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a couple places, like, there's a Mucho Burrito, they call it. Mm -hmm. Like, similar, but, like, it's not it. Me and, me and my, <laughs> my, my good buddies back home, we'll just, I'll just eat my bowl, and I'll just FaceTime. He goes, what, what are you eating there? I'm eating my chipper, bud. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> He'll get all mad. And yeah, it's a, it's a big thing back home. Chipotle is, it's, it's good. It's the best. Wow, it's crazy I, to you guys too, because I know it's like ha it's it's all right. <laughs> exactly that. I <laughs> I never thought of that either. You know, Chipotle not being like as big in Canada. 
I never really thought of that. I mean, obviously, it makes sense, I guess, a little bit, but wow, that's, I guess, culture shock a little bit for me. Yeah. What's it like? Is, is the schedule, like in these junior leagues you play in the BCHL, again, that's a, for the people listening, the BCHL is one of the Canadian junior hockey leagues, like the NAHL and the USHL here in the States, where you retain your college eligibility and stuff. But is it like a similar schedule to this? You go play two and two and two and two, and is that just how it is today? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's usually two and twos, maybe maybe one on the road, three and three, pretty similar to to an all or uh, USHL schedule or even the Fed schedule. Not a lot of weekday games. Once in a blue moon, you have a Wednesday game if you're on a long road trip. And uh, say Prince George, for example, where the closest team to us is seven hours. It's Merritt Centennials. So wow. if we're on the island playing one of the Vancouver Island teams, it's twelve hours away, kind of per se. We'll play uh, Powell River, Alberni, and Victoria, and then we'll finish the road trip on like a Wednesday against Nanaimo, and then we'll head home. But the the three before that would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days off, practice down there, don't don't go back home, play on Wednesday, get home on Wednesday, maybe have one on next Sunday or something. Interesting. Yeah. That that, and um, something I wanted to ask you is um, now that you've kind of played a few games in this league and and seeing what it's all about how has that changed you and your approach to hockey did it did getting around these guys that are all trying to strive to get to the kind of kind of the next level um th- did that kind of change your approach at all you're still a young guy you know yeah i wanted to come here and just help the team win as much as i can i learned a lot from uh from the older guys especially uh johnny ruiz he definitely took me under his wing and it's been really helping me out along the ways with confidence and uh, just having a better mindset than uh, what I had in college or uh, in juniors almost per se. He's helped me uh, just build myself to be not a kid but a man almost. Like He's, uh, he's teaching me real life lessons and I- I'm sure he loves it as much as I do because I'm just like his uh, little test dummy for his kid coming, but <laughs> he he's been awesome. Uh, I've learned a ton, and it's I'm not even focused about anything other than than right now, than with the team and and winning together as a family. When you started um, this season, and you saw kind of. The way hockey is here in Danbury, was that any type of is is that any type of pressure for you? You know, I mean, a, a lot of these guys, you obviously played on a good junior team. You said that, but sometimes I wonder if if um, playing in front of a large crowd, you know, a, a consistently large crowd, does it feel similar to your junior experience, or are you is there a new pressure? I'd say it'd be similar to the junior experience. Um, <clears throat> funny story is when I first found out that I was going to be playing for this team, uh, one of my friends sent me this video, and it just said Diamond Hands. I'm like, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> so I opened this thing up, and my buddy's like, this is going to be your teammate. And I just hear Ames at the start of the video just go, do it again, buddy. I'm going to kill you, this and that. And uh, I was just like, holy shit. Like, I'm going to have to develop, like, a way way more physical self. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to be with this, this really strong guy that's, uh, that's a good not, answer. not me, you know. Um, but then I got here, and he's the nicest guy in the room. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah. 
tough situation right now with him. Yeah. Um, but um, when we when we look at um, how much of the season is left, you know what I mean? How does it feel to know that um, you guys are starting to turn that corner and you can feel it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely something you can feel. It's uh, it's a great feeling, and I think our team's playing with even more and more confidence each and every day now. And we just got to keep building off of it. And the big the biggest thing right now is playing a full sixty minutes is not going through those mental laps middle middle of the game and going down one or two. It's uh, just just playing Danbury hockey. Yeah, I'm sure you heard Billy say that a million times, but it's uh it's really important that you play a full 60 in this league or else you're not going to have the success. Did you, um, do you watch a lot of NHL at this point? Are you the type of guy who tries to watch as much as you can? You're a big watcher? Yeah, yeah. Who, who do you watch? I like Panarin, wow. Zabinijad, and Kreider. Those wow. are my three guys that I strictly will watch film on. I'll watch their shifts every game. Those are the three guys that I kind of each each guy has a different aspect. I like Kreider's net front play. Um, I'm the net front guy on the power play. I'm trying to learn like what that guy's doing, getting to open spots, or just making different plays in different scenarios. Zabinajad, it feels like kind of like the passer guy. He he's got like the third eye, the, the the vision. He can make these these backdoor plays or the guy that you just would never see in a game, but he always just makes a play. And then Panarin's just pure goal scorer. Like I just trying to trying to learn how to shoot like him in stride or in the feet, puck in the feet, get it quick and pull it in. Or probably made some friends among a bunch of Rangers fans. Uh, yeah. In the Danbury Hattricks faithful, but there you go, there you have it. Um. You know what? What have you? Been, it's mostly been a lot of busing and one night here and one night there this season. What do you do on the bus? On the bus, I'm the I'm the guy that's watching NHL. Uh, if there's no games on, I'm watching uh, highlights from the night before. Maybe a movie or two here and there if I pre-download it. I'm not trying to waste all my my date on the road, but um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not the biggest talker though. I'm usually the a headphone guy. I'm right at the front of the bus. Uh, Steve Brown's right behind me, so I got to be careful when I get up. <laughs> Scary. Any good movies you watch lately? Uh, no, I heard there's a good chick flick out, though. I heard that I gotta go see that one. <laughs> Do you know the name of that one? Uh, it's, it's like any, Anyone But You, I think it's. Oh, it's yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, the girl from Euphoria. Yeah, Sydney yeah. Sweeney or whatever. Yeah. 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 She's okay. a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that was, I heard that was good. I've seen a lot about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything, you know, that you pick to watch like in terms of shows or you're not a shows guy i uh, i got into breaking bad a couple years ago I, I finished that and just haven't really had the time to start anything new no so just just more kind of one take with the movies kind of yeah good. yeah you know i got um my hands on a really cool danbury hattrick jersey nameless orange one danbury across the front i got 24 on the back oh, cool. randomly that number came available as luckily michelio's my favorite player and he was 24 with the red wings and the montreal canadians and obviously the thrashers for a little while and but he was number seven with the blackhawks but you know what i was gonna ask you you know like it's been a while since this danbury area greater danbury area had some pond hockey um access to pond hockey you know and uh, i think 
the few people that I know we're, we're hoping that in the next couple of days that freeze sets in and we get to go skate outside among the trees but back home you know where you're from is is that do you have that type of access to just kind of do pond hockey stuff all year yeah when I was really young my dad had a bunch of um bunch of boards that he'd put up in the winter time and we'd have a, a backyard rink uh, which was really cool he'd, he'd be out there working on it every night when I was young and skate right in the morning little flood during the day skate at night with all my buddies he had lights lights all set up if you go anywhere uh high schools and stuff every tennis court will have an ice skating rink really yeah two nets usually if not it, it's just like a, a free skate anybody can go to it um, how much of that was amazing. you know just for your you know in your younger years like you and your buddies how, how much of that was like spending time with your friends oh three quarters of it yeah yeah well, guys from your team or yeah mostly teammates yeah you'd get uh you get all the guys you go sticks in the middle <laughs> find one of the guys that has like, a very wealthy dad he did like the huge actual like nhl size ice with the boards and everything insane just like <laughs> just isn't even realistic probably like playing pond hockey in the minnesota wild logo like inside of it yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? like, yeah. like the outdoors and the trees and whatnot yeah like that it's it's a special thing and i'm really hoping like i'm i'm you know i grew up in new york city so like it's a, it's really it's really one of the best parts about this area to me is when those little ponds freeze over and you can go outside in a in a hoodie and a jersey and uh, skate around like a bandit so i'm hoping that happens in the next few days here it's uh wednesday january 17th hoping by you know like sunday or something like that we get a little ice time maybe maybe thursday oh that would be nice back back home the the lakes freeze too so you can go any 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 lake yeah you just skate for miles wow that's <laughs> awesome crazy how far like from your house like I wonder if it's probably like a couple of miles, right? Like you could probably. I have a cabin that's uh, what's 15 kilometers in miles. We have no idea. Oh Pat. boy! All right, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wrong, wrong professor. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. 2.2 kilometers is a mile. Okay. Yeah, I'm also not good at math, so I'm not good at <laughs> So it is uh, two miles. So it's 15 kilometers, right? 15. Yeah. Okay, that that translates to. About nine point three miles. Wow! Yeah, it's like ten miles away. I was yeah. like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Yeah, What's in your really cabin? Oh, it's it's literally. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Explain. It. It's just it's just a little tiny tiny house. Got a refrigerator. It doesn't have any heating or anything. It's just a little shack in the middle of nowhere, basically on that's a awesome. on a lake. Yeah. You got a picture of it? Uh, I might. That's no, I don't. I'm, actually, I got a picture of the dock. Pat the knows fish, that like I'm obsessed with cabins and like the woods, and I've I've gone down the YouTube uh, uh, like rabbit hole watching. I'll take a peek. We'll see. See, this sounds interesting. And when I think of <laughs> cabins like this, I'm thinking of like you know yellow jackets. I don't know if you guys watch that. Well, I've seen them all over the world, like Sweden and all these places. So it's it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Anyway. Getting back to hockey, um, yeah, I think it's just awesome to play in that outdoor environment among the trees and the and the choppy ice and whatever it is because it's a, it's a really unique thing. It's it's a really unique part of the game. You know, you can't like, you know, I love basketball. You can't like go shoot around in the ice on basketball outside. It's just like impossible, right? Baseball, you wouldn't do it either. But hockey is this game that it's 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 like a 
it's a competitive game and it's an outdoor activity at times in these certain situations. You know, obviously other sports are like that, but not like in this kind of year-round um, and in and the intense winter of months. It's just like it, it's a really unique part of the game. It was cool to see the NHL do that Lake Tahoe game a few years ago. Oh, yeah. The problem was it was just too bright and too, you know, the, the ice wasn't really mm-hmm. – perfect but i could see what they were trying to do they were trying to have a game in the in the great outdoors um i don't think that was the best location for it but it was it was pretty cool um stupid enough but pretty cool yeah about to say so i mean um you know what is it and then i mean they got that team coming there now too right the echl has a team going to lake tahoe so it'd be interesting interesting if they if hockey tries that again or some type of thing for sure i mean Corey, this weekend Big road trip. What do you got to tell the Final fans about? Final thoughts. It? It's gonna be gonna be an exciting game. It's it's gonna be an eye for an eye. It's it's gonna be warfare on the ice. I, I really think uh, be an exciting one to go to for sure. I wish our our fans could be backing us up like they did last weekend, but it'll be two really good games, and we hope to get as many points as we can on them. Corey, thanks again for coming in. It's been a big pleasure, and obviously best of luck to you and the boys this weekend. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Pat.